Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar. May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you. And we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Welcome back into this outro edition. So we wanted to do a little something different for this outro right here. A couple weeks ago, we actually recorded a little bit of an episode with our buddy Kevin Tullis, who y'all have heard on the show a couple different times now. We're always talking about deer hunting. But Kevin is also a huge hog hunter and a very successful one at that. Uh, he, he really does good on a lot of WMAs and national forests around here in Alabama that you are able to hog hunt on. And uh, this is a little bonus episode that we actually recorded with him talking all about hog hunting. And we kind of get into some some funny stories. It's a real laid back episode. Uh, we all kind of tell our funniest uh, hog hunting stories and, and our funniest run-ins with hogs. Then Kevin also goes over a little bit of tactics. Uh, he talks about how to target hogs, where to look for them, uh, transition areas, you know, finding them in places that you wouldn't normally expect. Really, really informative episode. I definitely learned a lot from it. We recorded this and released it to our paying subscribers. So uh, our Patreon members and our Apple subscribers uh, have already heard this. This is uh, this already went live. It's been live on those platforms for a couple weeks now, and we decided to put a sample of it out there for all y'all, all y'all to hear. If you want the full version of this podcast to get the entire thing and all the different subjects that we talked about, make sure that you go join our Patreon or you subscribe via Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you'll get a lot more bonus content like this as well as ad-free content. So every episode of the show that you get will be ad-free. And then, of course, there's also Patreon. Uh, You can go join over on Patreon and there's even more bonus content, including bonus videos that don't get posted anywhere else. And you get early access to our YouTube videos that we've been posting. Over the past couple of weeks, we've obviously done a lot of uh, like mountain hunting stuff. We've been talking to a lot of mountain hunters. We've got a lot of flatlanders coming up too. So, for you guys who hunt flatlands, uh, don't despair. Uh, we got some good information coming your way. But if you do hunt the hills and you're interested in that kind of thing, we just released a YouTube video that details not only slope angle shading and a lot of what Chuck Young was talking about, but it's also a scouting video where we go out and we look at bluffs and find a bluff gap. And I really wanted to bring that up because so many of you guys over the years have written in about bluff gaps because uh, it's kind of a regional term. Uh, Maybe you've never heard of a bluff gap before, so you don't really know what it looks like. Well, in this video, we just so happened to run across a really, really, really good example of a bluff gap. And we were able to document it and film it and uh, really get a good visual of what a bluff gap actually looks like. And we also show you what it looks like on the map and everything. So that is actually live right now on our YouTube channel. So uh, you can go and and view that anytime. Of course, Patreon members got early access to that video, but now it's live for everybody else to see as well. So make sure you all go check that out. We've also got some other cool videos coming up, and we're going to do some stuff for the Flatland guys as well. We got a lot of big things planned. You know, you guys have heard us talking about video content for quite a while now and, and wanting to get back into it. And honestly, we've gotten a lot of requests from you listeners about video content, really wanting us to ramp that back up. And I'll just say we've made a lot of big investments into that lately, and uh, we're continuing to do so. So we're we're really going to double down on that video content. We're, we're really, really excited about it. And uh, we appreciate you guys and all the support that you give us listening to this show. It makes all that stuff possible. And especially our our paying subscribers via Apple and and Patreon. They're the ones that make those videos possible. So we really want to say, you know, thanks to those guys. And if you want to see more of that video content coming up here in the future, 
then go subscribe on one of those platforms. You'll be directly supporting us and making it possible for us to do that kind of thing. So uh, the, the whole video world is definitely not cheap, but we're excited about it and we're getting into it pretty hard here. And we got, we got some really fun stuff that we're filming here in the next two weeks that I think y'all are going to really, really, really enjoy. But without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to uh, this segment of our bonus episode with Mr. Kevin Tullis. Hope y'all enjoy. House of Game Calls Dixie Hen Slate was just voted the overall best turkey call by Field and Stream Outdoors, and trust me, it's super easy to run and be extremely dynamic when you're in the turkey woods. Now, we've mentioned a couple of these calls in the past, like the Spur Master and the Success Call in a past episode with both Gary Vines and Lyle Gilbert of Houndstooth Game Calls, and it was funny enough, y'all actually bought every Spur Master call and success call they had. Now, pay attention to their website. They're going to have some more come up in stock in the next few days. So when they come available, make sure you get one if you did not purchase one before they sold out last time. Both the Spurmaster and the Success Call are fantastic for hunting high-pressure turkeys, whether you're on a hunting club where you have a lot of other members hunting those same turkeys, or if you're on public land. Again, both of those calls will make you sound a little bit different from everybody else and be a lot more subtle in your calling technique and be able to really help close those distance with those gobblers. So if you want to give Houndstooth Game Calls a try, go to houndstoothgamecalls.com, use the the promo code SOP24. Again, promo code SOP24 for 15% off houndtoothgamecalls.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. True Lock Chokes has been made in Georgia since 1981 and offering a wide range of chokes, over 2,000 different chokes for all kinds of shooting activities. You might be wondering why you'd want to purchase a True Lock Choke and it's to improve your shotgun performance. Absolutely guaranteed. And as a great example, we have Andrew Maxwell here. And uh, Andrew, you've had some pretty good luck, again, kind of switching out chokes and trying out the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. So Andrew, what's been your experience so far? Yeah, I've, always, I've used the same choke for several years now. I never really thought much of it, and I got the True Lock choke in. I patterned my gun with the first choke at uh, 30 and 50, and then I switched to the True Lock and changed from 30 to 50. And the 50-yard pattern on my gun with the True Lock choke is unbelievable. Like, everybody's jaws were dropping. Like, when I, we were out there with Mike and Sam, we were all super impressed. I mean, it's throwing a better 
pattern at 50 now than it was throwing at 40 before my old choke. And Andrew, you're shooting the Precision Hunter choke from TrueLock. It's a great option. The same chokes I have in my shotgun. So guys, if you want to give TrueLock a shot this spring, you can head over to TrueLockChokes.com. That's T-R-U. L-O-C-K-Chokes.com. You can also use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout at TrueLockChokes.com and save 10% on your order. Again, give TrueLock a shot this spring, especially if you're not happy with the performance of your shotgun, and shoot with a more deadly pattern with TrueLock. You know, if you hunt on imaginary, you have to hunt with the weapon the season's in. So during September, squirrel season opens up earlier now than what it used to a long time ago, so... I'd rather use a 22 mag and go squirrel hunting on imaginary because you can't use a high-fired rifle. And a 22 mag's perfect. I mean, I've shot some and not see the pig real good, especially a big pig, and you can shoot it in the back hill and just break it down. And it ain't going far with one of its back legs broke down. And then you can get up there closer and shoot it in the head if you ain't got a real good shot because I've done that before. But it's it's mainly on imaginary. You got to hunt with the weapon that season's in, and I have better luck during squirrel season because you can figure out where the hogs are getting on fresh hickory nuts dropping and acorn and stuff like that than I can after deer season goes out. Okay, so um, I want to kind of now that we're getting more into the tactic uh, driven part of this podcast. I want to kind of go back to where we started this, and you're talking about hunting in early squirrel season. You know, that season comes in, and all of a sudden you can take a 22 out there, and you can actually start targeting these things, and it's early September. Do you find them just really sucked into very specific areas that time of year with how hot it is, or are they just kind of always in those areas all year round? Well, the way I found these places is during deer season, hunting specific spot deer hunting but you'd be sitting there in the train and all of a sudden you know you see these hogs just kind of coming through funneling well it's like you just go back to the same places that you've seen hogs that ain't being pushed by somebody but just in their natural routines the way they travel through areas okay and they're are they pretty much always really sucked up against some like real swampy stuff, or do they get up in the hills a lot too? Well, I mean, most of these places I kill them during September, and a lot of people always laugh at me because they go, "Man, I've been down there in them swamps. Well, everywhere I'm hunting, I'm hunting high ground. I mean, a long ways away from water, but they're thickets that runs to the swamp. Say, so, say you find a <clears throat> a small cut over with pine trees and stuff and it may be 15 foot tall or something but you there's old logging roads that go through them pine and you'll find a hog waller on that road old logging road mm-hmm. them hogs use them wallers from going from one swamp and on their travel path to another swamp they'll use them wallers to cool off so a lot of times they'll cool off you know in them pines or something like that where it's thick and then say they come out of that swamp at night they come up there and bed up and sleep in the morning and then about midday they'll get up and leave that and go on over the hill and go to another swamp it may be a mile away but you'll find them wallers 
you know, like where they make them old logging roads and they, they cut them down to where they won't wash out and then hold water. Well, they'll stay in them areas and they may travel a mile all the way through them high grounds to go there. But if you find them areas like that that's, that's repeated every year, the hogs are in it. Most times they're going to travel through there. And if you find acorn trees on them high ground somewhere, in a saddle or something, them pigs is going to eat them acorns constantly every year. Same place. Okay. Um, when it comes to those those wallows you're talking about, you know, like a wild hog, he can't sweat like us, and he can't pant like a dog, I guess. So he's got to wallow yeah. in the mud to stay cool. This yeah. time of year, or the time of year we're talking about hunting, I mean, September is a very, very hot month here in the south. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure we got some northern listeners, but September is pretty much just as bad as August, except for at night. Uh, are the wallows, because it's so hot that time of year, something that you're keying in on and hunting? Well, it's kind of like that, because you'll find them, and you'll go, okay, they're leaving that swamp, and you got wallers on the way through the higher ground to where they can cool off before they get to that next swamp. So they're repeatedly coming through them certain areas, if you find them hog wallers like that on high ground, you know that is a travel pattern, the way them hogs travel. And I, I, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out, but after I started finding them, and then I seen hogs travel through there, and I'm going, okay, they got different places they can cool off to get to the next area. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's the key end point there. If you can find that and then you find feed trees on the way, well, they're going to travel through that. Okay. Where do you find that they bed down? Are they bedding down like in the high country, like where they're up in the hills near those wallows? Or are they trying to bed more in the swamps and then midday they're getting up and leaving one swamp and going to another one? Well, I found... I found beds where they even raised piglets in the swamps, like in cane thickets and stuff. And you can see where the mama would come up there and eat all the canes down and strip them down and make a bed where all the little babies stay. But now I have found them on higher ground. But it's just a pattern. You don't ever know. They move a lot through them areas. So they got different places they bed. I found them on high grounds where they just got up there and rooted out pine straw under pine trees embedded up. But it's on the travel pattern from one area to another area is usually where I find all them signs at. So Kevin, one thing you mentioned a little bit earlier in this podcast um, was, you know, you're kind of keying in on these areas, like these travel corridors where they're coming up out of a swamp, going over like these big ridge systems and dropping back into another swamp. And you're trying to catch them right there in the middle and you're saying a lot of times you'll find these swamps where there's like a thick drainage coming out of the swamp that they're kind of using as a path of travel. They'll come up through a saddle, you know, they'll feed on some of those oaks as they're going up, and then they'll drop yeah. back to the other side, go back through a thick drainage, and go back to the swamp. And one thing that you're kind of keying on to confirm those pigs are there is not only the feed side, not only the tracks, but it's really the wallows. And I didn't know about that, about the wallows, and like that's a, where you can kind of key in that, hey, they're spending time up here at a higher elevation because they have to have that water to cool off. And you kind of like almost following the wall. It's almost like a scrape line uh, for the rut. Yes. We're like, hey, if I follow the wallow, like I can figure out the, the path of travel of these pigs. Kind of like a scrape line, kind of like a rub line, whatever, for deer hunting. And you kind of get an idea of, of path of travel as well. So that's something super, super interesting. I, I didn't realize. I didn't even know that. That's super interesting. Well, I mean, you, you know, they, they don't sweat. And if it's real hot, you know, 
they got to have a place to cool off. So, yeah, if you find, you know, old logging roads, they love to run logging roads because there's always places that's going to hold water. And that's why they use them, because there's always a certain place they can waller in the mud and cool off on their way to somewhere else. It's just a, it's like you say, it's sort of like a straight line. Mm-hmm. But they're going to travel that, and if you sit there long enough, you know, over a few days, you'll see them come through. My luck is always the middle part of the day from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Uh, so I want to talk about that midday hunting a little bit more, but so it sounds like your main tactic is going to be feed trees. You're looking for those feed trees. Can you talk about what that hog sign looks like to make you want to sit on a feed tree? I mean, like I'm sure rooting and stuff, but uh, can you explain what it's like when you find a tree where you're like, okay, this is where I'm going to set up and, and try to kill a hog? Well, you know, if, if you find the wallers and, and some maybe heavy, heavy trails with, with hog tracks in it going to where the feed trees is, but you'll you'll find like a lot of times you'll find a hickory nuts kind of start dropping early if you have a dry summer and they'll be just green, still on the ground. Them them is probably some red oats or white oats start dropping. You'll find them pigs or keying in on acorns, you know, nut trees first when they start falling. And once they find them trees that start falling, they're going to come by through there on a pretty regular basis to eat them quick. I mean, they'll beat deer to them trees for anything. But it's usually always in in a drainage or across a a saddle that leads to a swamp is where I usually find that. But usually the ground will be tore up like crap or either you'll see hog mess all over, all over the place under them trees. And most time, if it's a big group, most time when you walk in there and see that, you'll smell it. Mm. I mean, it stinks. Kevin, one thing that I'm curious about, especially hunting as early as squirrel season opens uh, in September in Alabama specifically, is do you ever see them feeding on – is there ever persimmon trees dropping at, at that time of the year or pretty much yeah. all those yeah. dropped out by then? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times cinnamon trees fall before our boat season get here. It's corn how dry it is a lot of times when they drop. But, yes, they will feed on them, too. Any kind of stuff like that, they're going to key in on that drastic quick. So it sounds like kind of midday hours you're setting up and you're wanting to hunt a travel corridor with wallows and feed trees on it. When it comes to actually hunting those areas, though, when kind of the rubber meets the road, are you setting up and like getting in a stand and hunting it or a ground blind, or are you kind of slip hunting, going from tree to tree, just trying to find the hogs? Well, it, it, a lot's got to do with a lot of times, you know, if I don't know an area or something, I think, you know, I've seen hogs or something in there, I will just, just walk and just slip hunt through there. But now there are certain key areas I go that I won't even walk in there to maybe 10 o'clock and just sit down. And I'm just sitting up against the tree up high ground and wait for them. And my buddy couldn't ever believe that. And I said, well, come on, we'll go. And I took him a couple times and he was like, my God, you're right, man. Here they come. You know, he couldn't believe it. And they go, it's freaking 90 degrees out here. And I go, yeah. And I said, midday. And I said, they're moving, right? And he goes, everybody told me they ain't going to move in this heat. And I'm like, yeah, they're wrong. Kevin, I'm sure I don't know if you've ever done this, but I almost see as like 
this could be almost a tactic, I feel like, for uh, for hogs. If you found, like, a, an area where, like, hey, they're already spending some time there, but you wanted to almost, like, make it even better. Like, you know, guys, deer hunting, they're making mock, they'll do mock scrapes and stuff like that. What about putting in a mock wallow where you went in there and, like, you know, you kind of, you know, if there's not already a wallow there, you just make it a little bit better for them. Uh, make them hold a little more time uh, or, you know, hold, hold there a little bit longer. I don't know. It's kind of thinking outside the box here, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I ain't never tried that one, but, you know, that, it, it might work. I mean, I ain't never tried that part, but. That sounds like going into the woods and digging a hole. That doesn't sound very fun. Hey, you know, if you get some bacon off, well, not bacon, but, you know, you get some smoked hams off of it. Don't hey. Matter. Hey, by the way, that brings up something. Well, actually. Well, I want I want to talk to you about the eating side because Kevin, I'm guessing he kills me. How do you? I'm guessing you like to eat them. Yeah, I eat all of them. So, so well, Andrew, well, what other questions do you have? Because I want to talk about some of the, the cooking. Oh, well, we can get into the cooking for sure. Um, what is kind of like your field care? Like when you kill a hog, especially when it's that hot. Like, how do you go about prepare? Like preparing in the field to like get it back to the truck, and then like what's the process like when you get it home? Well, the first thing you know, if it's a male. If that hog is over, I'll, I'll, I'll say 225 pounds, you might as well get it. Just throw it away. A lot of people will say, you know, that's too big. Now, I've killed some that weigh about 200 pounds. As long as you kill it, right when you kill it, you cut it, gut it, and, and get as much meat as you can and get it as quick as you can to the truck and put it in the cooler all night. That's my, my thing. Now, sal, it don't really matter, but a boar, if the boar is over 225 pounds, I, I, you know, if you want to go get it, and I'll leave the rest, because it, it's going to stink to high heaven when you cook it. Small ones, yeah, they're nice, because they're a lot easier to get out of the woods, but most time, I just take garbage bags with me, kill it, cut what I can meat off of it, put it in the garbage bag, put it in the backpack, and I'm gone straight to the truck on night. You got to be pretty quick because it is hot that time of year. So if you're doing that, so say you kill, I want to kind of go through two different situations here. Like say you kill when it's like, say anywhere between 40 to like 80 pounds. And then you kill when it's like, say, you know, 110 to 160. Um, on both sand points, like say you kill them one shot, they drop whatever, like pretty easy, like headshot. Um, what is kind of like your take on, uh, like, what are your, like, what kind of meat do you like to take off? Is it the back straps, is the hind quarters, inner loins? Like, kind of what's your take on that when it comes to, like, what you're going to well, try to get off the, get off the pig? But uh, a lot of it has got to do with how, how nasty the hog is. You know, if it's just stinking the high head and all, I'll usually take a knife, cut it right down the back, skin all the skin off the side, get the tenderloins out back strap, front shoulders, hind quarters. But now, a lot of times when you kill sows down there, if it's got a bunch of little ones, or say, say it, it, it dropped a, a bunch of little ones, it got bred right back when it come in heat. I've seen them pigs to where there's no meat on them. I've seen back straps on a sow one time that was a half inch thick. That was it. It was skin and bone. Them, you know, you're lucky if you even get any back strap or front shoulders. You might get a hind quarter for now, big deal. You just have to kind of look at the pig and get what you can off of it to salvage and then leave it. Yeah, that's that's funny you mentioned that because that 
that big sow that I shot on Uchi Creek, you know, I killed her mid-February, and like I said, she had all those little ones with her, and she was yes. nursing and everything, and man, her back straps, you could almost hold them up and see through them. I mean, there was nothing yes. to them. Uh, compared yeah, to a, a, and bone. Yeah, uh, compared to a big old boar that my buddy Colton shot in August one time, uh, that thing, dude, I mean, he was beefed up. I mean, he we got yeah. a lot. We ate that thing for like a year, our first year in college. I mean, we, we were eating on that pig for a long time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that sow that I shot, she was like that. She was worn down, I guess, from nursing and and doing whatever hogs do that time of year. She just didn't have much on her. But you know, the sows, you know, they get say they have like eight piglets or ten. They get sucked down so quick they can't eat enough to produce everything it needs for the little ones and them. And then as soon as she comes in heat, she gets bred right back. Well. She's going through pregnancy, and she's still raising a litter of pigs. So they lose all of their meat, basically, on their whole body almost. I've seen them where they're just skin and bone. Yeah, and to contrast that, one time we were uh, down in the Black Belt of Alabama hunting a WMA down there, and a couple friends of mine, this was again in, uh, this was late January, I guess, a couple of buddies of mine had shot a, a great big sow, a really nice sow, and they didn't want her. They oh. were kind of new hunters, uh-huh. and they didn't want her. And so me and my buddy Zach took it, and we were we were cutting it up at the campground. And this is a big sow, and she was pregnant, and she had a whole bunch of little pigs in her stomach. Uh, she was getting ready to give birth to, but in her pregnancy, she got so fat. I mean, she had like an inch and a half of fat on her back. And we ended up taking that fat and rendering it out and just making lard with it. And it was some of the best stuff you ever cooked with, man. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it varies so much hog to hog. That's, that's really interesting, though. I, you know, I'd never really put it together in my head like that. But some of them, it's like the best fattened thing you've ever had. And then other ones, it's just, like you said, skin and bones, man. Kevin, do you feel like the ones that are more skin and bones, do they have a, a, a different taste or, like, flavor profile versus the ones that are more healthy, you could say? Well, it's going to how you cook it or if you're just trying to let them sauce it, you know. That's true. I, I ain't going to say there's a whole lot of difference. It's just you don't get as much meat off of one that's skin and bone like that because you look at it and you're going, oh, my God, they ain't even nothing here worth eating salvage. So you're just like, well, I just cut that another loss and go on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, so I'm, I'm curious. Well, do you have anything else on meat carrying here? I mean, it sounds like the main thing, especially in that September time frame or just warm months in general, when you kill it, either get the guts out or get the meat off the off the carcass as fast as you can yeah. and get it on ice. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to limit the time hour to get it done. I mean, you know, it's that hot. You, you got to be quick about it. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that segment of our bonus episode with Mr. Kevin Tullis. If you want that full episode... You can head on over to patreon.com slash the Southern Outdoorsman or just hit the link in the description and uh, go hit up our Patreon and join it there. You'll gain access to that. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, uh, you can actually subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you will get that episode along with all of our other bonus episodes. We also do a thing uh, called our In the Field series. And I know that some of y'all already know about this, but in case you haven't noticed it or seen it or anything, our In the Field series is just another bonus episode that we've been doing where. Jacob and I actually bring our little field recorder out in the woods with us, 
and record as we are scouting. And so you get kind of like the banter back and forth of, you know, us giving each other crap about this or that. And But also you get to hear us kind of talking through things in the field as we're seeing them. So, you know, often we will record a podcast and have like some subject that we talk about on like a Monday episode and we'll go out into the field and try to implement that. And that in the field podcast is the recording of that happening in real time. So you get to hear us when we're out in the woods and we're like, okay, what does this mean? What does that mean? And, and kind of hear us think through it. And it's just, uh, it's really just an entertaining type thing, but I think you'll also get something from it. Cause there's something to, uh, you know, learning along with somebody and we're absolutely learning along with you guys on all this stuff. I mean, we're not the best hunters by any means and, and we're still learning from every guest that we have on. So, uh, the in the field podcast is kind of an implementation of that. So I think you guys would really enjoy it. Uh, go check those out if you haven't already. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening to this one. Um, I will say stay tuned for Monday's episode because I think you guys are really, really, really going to like this one. Highly recommended guest. Don't miss out on it. Be looking for it Monday. We appreciate the support, everybody, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. May y'all stay Southern. Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool. I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the, like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to the mobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at the mobilehuntersexpo.com.